Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I'm your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Wild Coker. How you doing this year, Catherine? Oh, I am so good. 2022. Welcome to 2022. For us, everyone's been living in it for a couple weeks now, but I feel like now... The year really begins. We've got a couple weeks to settle into January, and we're here kicking off episode 78 of The Long Finish. This is one of my favorite episodes of the year. This is where you and I talk about what you think as you look into your crystal ball and tell us what people are going to be drinking in 2022. I can't wait. I'm just glad they're still drinking. I, for one, am definitely drinking. I'm actually going to stop drinking for a couple weeks just because I had a physical folks. We'll get into all this in a second. Not to scare anyone. They're just, they're just telling me I'm an all-time record high of weight. <laughs> but Catherine, let's introduce the wine that we're drinking tonight and sort of tease one of your themes for wine trends of 2022. Yes, I'm super excited to drink this wine tonight. So this is from Hayu Wine Farm, the Tazoom. This wine is called Feiss. It's from Columbia Valley, a red wine in Hood River, Oregon. Vintage 2019. Delicious, delicious wine. Gorgeous label. An amazing story. I'm so excited that we are finally talking about Hayu at on um, episode 78. This is like a really, really special winery and totally is the poster's child for one of my wine trend, rec- uh, wine trend predictions for this year. Okay. Okay, that's a nice little tease, so we'll get into that in a second. As we said earlier, um, Happy New Year to all of you out there listening to podcasts again for the first time in 2022. This is our first one of the year. As some of you listeners may remember, I celebrated a birthday in early January. So for me, almost my whole life, I don't really even start the year until after Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. There's a start of the playoffs. The Cowboys lose every year. They lost again tonight. We're taping this on Sunday evening. Once again, the Cowboys have let me down. And this is uh, 26 years in a row that I'll uh, straight of not winning a Super Bowl. I don't think we'll see one in my lifetime. So you know what? There's a certain sense of like, you know what? This isn't going to happen. So it's freeing. You don't get that upset. I'm not that upset by it. No, you didn't seem phased at all. I today. knew it was going to happen. Like it's it's this is it. This is going to happen. They started off slow. They tried to do a, an amazing comeback. It's it's the same story every year. And you know what? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. We know how that goes. Shame on me. So I didn't buy in. Didn't buy in. And uh, I feel a little bit better. You know what? I feel a little bit better. Hopefully, uh, maybe we'll get one Super Bowl in my lifetime. But I am dubious. But I uh, had a great birthday. Celebrated with our kids. We didn't do a whole lot. We right. made cake and we ate Indian food. And it was a truly chaotic day. But I think that we were happy. Yes, this is our my, my first birthday with three kids. But in the past, you and I, you know, you and I have been together a long time, but we used to celebrate the birthday in a really fun way because so many people would go back to work to start the new year. And I would just celebrate my birthday. I would go to all the stores and I would buy all the, sh- the clothes that were on the sale. I would see a movie or I would go in New York, we would go see a play. I mean, I remember most famously seeing Sweeney Todd on my birthday. We've had a lot of fun. Yeah, great times. But I did decide to get a physical this year. And they told me, you know what, why don't you step on the scale? And I did. And um, I was surprised by how much I weighed. <laughs> uh, so you know what? I said, 
I'm going to have some fun through this podcast. I'm going to take a few weeks off and try to get in really good shape. I haven't exercised. I literally haven't lifted a weight in like since July of 2020. So it's time to get back into it, folks. So let's have some fun tonight. Let's do it. I'm we got to live it up for the last hurrah of your... your um... well, it's like what, three weeks? I mean, I'm not going crazy. This isn't like the end of you know wine drinking. But you know what? Maybe uh, Valentine's Day is next time we... Come All back right. for a bottle okay. of wine. We can do that. Just you a know. month. Just a month of really health. Just kind of see what the body can do. Let's see how I can change myself in a month. I'm not asking to like, and it might be nothing. You know, it's hard to let go of those chicken nuggets that are left over on a kid's plate or the mac and cheese. That's that's the biggest part of the problem. It's not the wine. It's the breads. <laughs> it's the the extra kids snacks. I can't and... say no because I'm so practical. I'm a Capricorn. I'm so practical that if I see food sitting on a plate, I got to eat it. So I'm working on that. Well, we can just freeze it, you know? Then you can have it in a month. So that's me. How's your start to the year? Well, it's also been a little wild. Right after we taped our last podcast, I got super sick. Not COVID, but, you know, a complication from breastfeeding. And uh, so I was sick the whole week. The kids were home and on antibiotics, and it was just no fun at all. And now coming back to work coming back to life a little bit. I don't know. When you told when when it, I looked at the calendar today and saw it was January 16th, to me it feels like it's March 16th. <laughs> it's already felt so long. And and we're already in for a wild ride. Like there's no school for our kindergartner next week because of, you know, everything that's going on with Omicron. It's just, you know, we're in for the ride. But I am looking forward to this year to not moving to not having a baby to settling into our home to settling into our family and I think there's going to be a lot of good books read this year you make one point yes our we found out last minute on Friday that our kindergartner wasn't going the whole school was shut down for the week no nothing it was the like, there wasn't, there wasn't district a, there wasn't a breakout they just want to be preventative the whole district, the district high so, school yeah. middle school everything so that's a surprise to us and as you know like that's part of the juggling act of being a, a parent in this day and age you know your, your kid might not go to school for a week i mean you and i struggled for two weeks for, during the holiday break to watch the kids and now we gotta go back into it again so i'm gonna really enjoy this bottle of wine tonight <laughs> Um, well, I think that the way that we do this podcast is the right way to do it. You know, like it's opening a bottle, it's seeing its life, it's totally paying attention to something else for an hour, two hours, whatever. So let's do that. So, and, and I say this with uh, all positivity. I mean, I think I'm really excited about this year as well. I've really enjoyed the first two weeks of 2022, and now I'm just trying to make it. A little different. I mean, I just don't want to do the same habitual things that I did in 2021. So time to exercise. Time to not eat that extra chicken nugget. <laughs> but I'm still going to enjoy wine. Just give me a couple of weeks. Well, yeah. I mean, it's very hard to say no after a long day with three kids. But that does kind of lead into one of my predictions. Ooh, very good segue. Let's hear it. Oh, I really think every from everything I feel hear from customers, hear from staff, and read in different articles. People are so excited about the non-alcoholic drinking options across the board. And this started last year, but it is going like gangbusters now. Cocktails, mocktails, non-alcoholic beers, non-alcoholic spritzers, like 
all kinds of things. But as far as the non-alcoholic cocktails, like they're getting so creative, these mocktails, like different fruits, veggies, syrups, like it's getting awesome. And I know that lots of restaurants are creating cool mocktail menus, non-alcoholic menus. I really think we're going to be seeing more of that. And I'm super excited. Yes, I saw that. The non-alcoholic drinks, low alcohol wines. I think that's something you talked about last year. Definitely. Do you want to revisit some of the wine trends you had from last year? Can you remember any of those? I bet you can. I don't actually, but let me look. Okay, yeah. So as I take a quick look back at your wine trend predictions for 2021, one of the predictions you had was low ABV wines, and I'll even bring in non-alcoholic wines. So I and think that you were, happened. Yeah, it happened, and it will continue to happen. Yeah. This year, so we're Catherine, rolling with that. Catherine's got some mojo happening with this podcast. Well, and I will say, not last year, but the year before, I was on to dark rosé, and that is again more and more we are seeing that. I would almost fold that into a bigger category, which is just like styles of wine, all kind of getting the line. The lines are blurry between styles of wine, right? There's orange wine, there's rosé, there's skin contact, there's uh, chillable red, the, all this natural wine. There's slightly sparkling, there's really sparkling. That There's just like the lines are blurred. And I think people are excited about that and more open to that than ever before. And also people are just not going to stop banging down the door for the natural wines period. I've seen that a couple lists. I mean, so you're on point there. I mean, other people are talking about this, the fact that the wine classifications are getting muddier in a good way. Absolutely. Because I think that people are open and excited to try something different. Another wine prediction you had from last year was people taking advantage of restaurant wine lists and their pricing, maybe finding things that would be harder to get but because wine, because it was restaurants were sort of needing the patron to sort of buy their wines, you could take advantage of those wines. You'd see a lot of like people drinking more vintage because of that. Do you feel like that came true? Yeah, I mean, I think people are definitely they're just always more open to exploring things in a restaurant setting, and that certainly came true. And I think people were just so excited to have someone sell them wine in person again and talk about wine with the server and you know, have it just be a more social experience than just cracking open a bottle at your house, which is also great too, but it was more social this past year and people were excited about that. So I'm going to throw a couple predictions that are coming from other sources and and you can latch on to whatever you respond to or denounce whatever you respond to and then we'll make your bold stamp. These are my Catherine predictions, okay? This is from Decanter. Decanter saying such thing as, Something you said earlier, non-alcoholic and low-alcohol wines. I know you're going to agree with that. Supply supply chain issues being a problem. Yes. They talk about rosé year-round. Well, yeah. Maybe even a a red wine decline is what they're they're talking about. Hmm. Specifically being a big year for sparkling wine, sparkling rosé, something that they mentioned. Yeah, I read that in multiple places, the sparkling Low sulfur wines, traditional method of sparkling beyond champagne, sustainability across the board. Someone talks about the maybe the pushing of moving away from glass bottles of wines and seeing more, the expansion of canned wines coming into the to the, the fray. So, and then someone says Portuguese wine, which is something you and I've talked about on this 
podcast before. So hearing any of those, anything that really you respond to, and you want to put your stamp on any of these ideas as your wine trends for 2022? Well, definitely I've read in multiple arenas, or I don't know, is that the right word? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not? Um, the sparkling wine, either non-champagne, uh, but still champagne method, sparkling wine or pet nat. Yes, people are more open to sparkling wine. And I also think with 2021 being like a really and in 2000 and other vintages, recent vintages as well being so challenging for certain areas in Europe and less champagne being available that people are into exploring different kinds of sparkling wine. So, yeah, I think that's one of them I'm going to stand behind. It's also one that I'm really excited to stand behind. I I gotta stand. I gotta focus on the trends that like I want to contribute to as well. That's a trend in our household. That's for sure. I do not. I do not think there will be a decline in red wine. Uh, yeah. Do I think people drink rosé year round? Yes, but we live in Los Angeles, so people always drink rosé year round. That's not going to change too much. Um, I do not think there will be a decline in red wine. People forever in a day will drink red wine i don't it's it, that won't change all right so you've heard some thoughts we do one more for you well i didn't finish that one okay we continue i think for me and this is going to be one that i'm going to talk about the sustainability is a huge one huge one for people to understand all that goes into winemaking. I mean, it's an agricultural product. So people looking at how the wine is made, you know, I can beat that drum a million times. Is it organic? Is it biodynamic? What is the winery doing? All of that. But also in that same vein, packaging. As you were saying, wine in a can. Yes, that's been a trend that's been growing. But I think once people start looking at it and paying attention to it, the glass bottle, Is it a thick glass bottle? Is it a thin glass bottle? That makes a huge difference. Is it recycled glass? Is it not? The foil on the cap. If it's recycled glass and it's really, really thin and there's no foil on the cap and it's a natural cork, the carbon footprint is so, so, so much less. It's ridiculous. So once people start paying attention to that, even thinking that that makes a difference, they might start to drink wines that way or choose wines that way or put pressure on wineries to do that. But of course, you know, my big thing is farming. So I'm going to say, let's blow it out this year. I think people are actually going to focus on where the wine's coming from. Okay. So Catherine, let's go into the wine tonight, but I want to recap real quick. Drum roll, please. For your three wine trends for 2022. I am predicting number one, more sparkling wine love it what's number two number two low alcohol wine and non-alcoholic wineish cocktail drinks continuation from last year i love it. yes okay and the last one is last one is climate friendly wines sustainability in all its forms and that leads us into this fabulous amazing wine that we have been drinking that i am so excited to talk about from high you wine it's almost gone <laughs> we know. Yeah, we're really we're really celebrating this bottle of wine tonight so let me just remind you this is from Hayu Wine Farm in Hood River, Oregon. And this is the Tzum, which I'll explain. The Feis is from Columbia Valley, vintage 2019. 
Hiu Wine Farm, okay, is on, I know I say this a lot, but truly, really, truly is on the short list of places I want to visit. Oh my goodness. So we are talking Hood River, Oregon. That is eastern side of Oregon, not very far, 22 miles from Mount Hood. You know, this is like forests and hilly and rustic, rustic Oregon. And this fabulous place was started by Nate Reddy and China Tresemer. And it is magical from everything I've read, heard, talked to all of this. They've got 22 acres of vines and eight acres of farm, but it's totally polycultural. It is a complete mix. There are pigs and all kinds of livestock roaming through the vineyards and there are gardens and vegetables growing in the forest. So it's all just kind of mixed up together. They're practicing organic They are also regenerative farming. So that means they are not tilling. They're sequestering carbon with their farming and they're dry farming. They don't irrigate. They're doing a lot of experiments with cider. They are, as I said, like growing gardens and fruits and vegetables in the forest. And it's totally, everything is planted is a field blend. Now, some of the vineyards they own, some of the vineyards are on a long-term lease, and then some of their wines are from purchased fruit. And anything that's from purchased fruit has to have the same basic standards of farming that they do. Not sure it's all fully RA, but it is organic. It is at least minimum practicing biodynamic. And it's under the label Tzum, T-Z-U-M, which is this wine that we're drinking tonight. R.I. being? Regenerative agriculture. So all their wines are harvested by hand. Everything's whole cluster, native yeast, aged in neutral oak, no finding or filtering, and crazy low sulfur. So these are totally natural wines. And a visit there would be so exciting. As I said, there are pigs and cows and chickens running around in the vineyard. And if you, uh, they have a wonderful YouTube channel with just a few videos, but you can get the idea. And there's some pigs and some animals in those and you can see the vines and you can also see Nate. Now I met Nate and China back in, I want to say 2014, 2015, the first time I met them in LA. And it was at a trade tasting and they were behind a table. The only people dressed in these very long tunics and Nate has this very known long, long beard and they just, you know, they stuck out from the crowd. And I was told, you know, try these wines. These wines are really special. I tried the wines. Wow, these are amazing wines. And then I saw the prices and then I heard the story and I was like, oh, this is, this is something special here. But they will stick out from a crowd at a trade tasting just from their energy. It, it's almost a spiritual vibe that they have. They are so in touch with the earth and so in touch with what they're doing on their farm. It's really, they were influenced a lot by Masanobu Fukuoka, who is the basically the Japanese philosopher and agriculturalist who had a lot of the regenerative farming ideas. It's the the wild side of permaculture. And the name Hayu comes from the Chinook jargon that means abundance. Now, these amazing people didn't just randomly happen on this farm. Nate was a 
master sommelier. He worked at the French Laundry. He worked at Frasca in Boulder. And then when I met him a few years ago, again at Esther's, we talked about Bobby Stuckey and we talked about Boulder. He, despite his long beard and his tunics, he's very chill, easy to talk to guy. And China is an agriculturalist and an illustrator. And so she makes all the labels for the wine, which are beautiful. They have a cook on site. They have fabulous dinners and lunches that you can go to when you visit the farm. And I think for special guests, they also have a little guest house. So I'm hoping for... You're really pitching hard here. Someday. Hopefully Nate hears this. I think I think, I think think it can happen. <laughs> so one cool thing about the way the everything is planted, they're all field blends. There's a lot of Pinot Noir, but otherwise things are planted all together. So this is... And sometimes they throw things together in the same vineyard that are from the same era and history. So, for example, the vines from this vineyard that we're talking about here, which is the Scorched Earth Vineyard, these are all grapes that one would have encountered in southwest France in the late Middle Ages. So, different clones of Cabernet Sauvignon and Cabernet Franc Merlot, Malbec, Tanat, Fair, Negrette, etc. It's kind of wild, kind of fun that they, that that's the idea behind it. That's cool. And this wine we're drinking tonight is one of the best wines that I've had from them, although I love all the wines. The vintages, um, the releases that came out this year, I thought were just kind of on another level. They just, this is natural wine, but it's really, really clean. This is medium bodied it's got red fruit and black fruit lots of like kind of wild herbs and smoked meat but it's light and pleasing and refreshing on the palate deceptively simple but really opens up in the glass i think this is a beautiful wine and as i said i'm i think this is a poster child for my trend this year because haiyu wine farm is a full farm it's not just wine. They're not just doing one crop. They're organic, practicing regenerative agriculture. But also, I think one thing that's important that goes along with, you know, climate-friendly wines and sustainability is what I was talking about before the packaging. So looking for bottles that aren't crazy heavy, looking for bottles that or asking if they come from recycled glass, cork is a renewable resource. Yes, wines could have cork taint, but overall it's better because cork can be recycled. So this is it. So the, the thing I want to get across with this trend is, obviously this is something that you want and people in wine want, but do you think the consumer is going to get into this idea of sustainability in wine this year? I think this is the slow start, just like dark rosé two years ago, this year it's going to be organic and it's going to be biodynamic and people are going to get into it and they are going to start looking at packaging. I do believe that people are going to look and seeing what is wasteful and maybe not necessarily in just a bottle of wine, but if you get wine shipped to you, you start getting like grossed out by the styrofoam and saying, no, I don't think I'll take that anymore. I'm going to take I'm either going to go pick that up in person or I'm going to find someone who can ship it to me in cardboard that I can recycle at least. Let's let's put the styrofoam 
to an end, please. Yeah. So I do think people will really start to latch onto that trend. Number one, in a wine shop or a restaurant, organic and biodynamic wines. Well, let's hope. I mean, the, the <laughs> baldly, I mean, Esther's is all organic and biodynamic wines, right? That's yes. something you believe in. I know. And this is this is why I'm. This is part of why we do the podcast. We want to espouse things that you really believe in, and this is the top of the list. But let's talk about how delicious this wine is, can we? Okay. It's so delicious. So, questions I always ask, what's the pairing for this wine? What isn't the pairing? I mean, I was kind of thinking of the grilled cheese with Induya on it, or the grilled cheese with prosciutto. This will be great with the pork that we had tonight. Be great with my all-time favorite bean stew. This is like a wintry red that's not overly heavy. If you want to watch more playoffs and make some chili, this will be great with that too. Well, I don't because the Cowboys lost, okay? So oh, who cares? sorry. Root for the Rams now. Where can we tell people to buy this wine? If not this wine, wines that are organic, biodynamic. Well, Hayu is super small production, but you can get it in a lot of small wine shops, certainly on the West Coast and probably in big cities near you. And I would just start by demanding to know what wines are organic in your local store. Ask the people that work there. And if they don't know, keep asking and ask next time. And once they start to realize that people are asking for that and paying attention to that, then they will know which wines are organic and they will let you know. But a lot of wine shops let people know. We were just in Boulder little wine shop next to my parents' house, B-Town Wine and Spirits, and they designate on the cards, on the wines, on the shelf, which wines are organic. Super helpful to know. And for people that are looking to get into this wine, I know we're getting away from part of the trends out there, getting away from classifications of varietals, et cetera, et cetera. But what kind of drinker, wine drinker, is going to be into this wine, do you think? I think red lovers of all kinds are really going to love this. I could see someone who likes medium-bodied reds loving this. Someone who likes red blends loving this. Someone who likes cab and knows that this is not a traditional cab might like this. Someone who likes Pinot Noir will like the lightness and freshness of this. Someone who likes Cabernet Franc will love this. Someone who likes Southern French wines, you know, Rhone, Southwest France, they're going to love this. The wine's fantastic. I've truly enjoyed it as the final piece of my birthday for 2022. My birthday's now over. It's been 14 days <laughs> or however long it's been. I hereby call my birthday over. Okay, you heard it here. I'll remind you of that tomorrow. Yes. Totally enjoyed this wine, though. I'm going to finish it tonight. As soon as we're off air, go out and get it. And follow Catherine's Wine Trends. This time next year, we're going to check in and see how she did. I think it's going to be right on. We'll see. All right, now we get to the last portion of the evening, which is what has been inspiring us this week. I'm going to go first. I've mentioned these writers, performers, producers before, but it's Hannah Boss and Paul Thurine. I talked about them last time on an episode because they wrote an indie film that Catherine and I loved, starring, the final, uh, starring Brian Dennehy in his final performance. Incredible film. And they have a new series out on HBO. Starring Bridget Everett, produced by Mark Duplass on HBO Sunday nights, which is prime time. Super exciting. It's called Somebody Somewhere. It's about people 
dealing with transitions in middle age and people like striving to unearth those talents that were buried so so many so many years ago. It's a comedy. It's a comedy. So check it out. Two of the nicest people in the business. Hannah always Hannah went to grad school with Catherine and me a couple of years ahead of us. Always takes my calls. Always helps me. Uh, we've had many conversations over the years, and they're uh, great playwrights as well in New York. Have produced several plays that they've performed in. They're really, really just talented people. So if you want to support great artists, great people, check out somebody somewhere on Sunday nights on HBO. I'm really, really excited about them, and I'm, I couldn't be prouder. So congrats to them, and that's what I'm inspired by this week. And the start of 2022, Catherine, what do you got? Well, surprise, surprise. Welcome to Book Club. This is my latest favorite read and appropriate for the new year and resolution time. It's called 4,000 Weeks Time Management for Mortals by Oliver Berkman. And it is not a self-help book. It is not a time management book, but it sort of pokes fun at some of those things and talks about the idea of time and how we think about time. The human lifespan is crazy, crazy short. If you live to be 80, you have just over 4,000 weeks. And so we don't really need to tell each other there isn't enough time because there isn't enough time to do everything we want to do. And this book is fascinating, talking about the concept of time and also how we choose to use it. I will just say one thing that I was reading today that I thought was fun. Apparently, Warren Buffett's pilot once asked him, how do you decide what's important? Or how do you prioritize in life? And he said, you write your 25 favorite things that you want your life to be about on a sheet of paper, just your top 25 that you want for your life, your priorities. And then you circle your top five. And then do everything you can not to do the other 20 because those other 20 will be what water down and minimize the top five things you really want your life to be about. I thought this was actually pretty cool. Wow. Anyway, he also said maybe it wasn't Warren Buffett, just like a lot of people say, like, you know, Einstein said this and the Buddha said that, but it was a good story. I like this book. I think it's really fun. Check it out if you want to think about how short your life is in a good way. Yeah, life is short. And you know what? We've decided to make a podcast together. And we appreciate you all coming for the ride. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for taking the time on your ride, on your walk, on your drive, on your doing your dishes to listen to us. Yep. We appreciate you. Drink with us. Let's do it again in 2022. That's it. That's it for episode 78. Episode 78 is in the books. Thank you to everybody for listening to the show. If you have a chance to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, you know we would appreciate it. Uh, It would mean a lot to us. We should be back. Let me take a few weeks off to get some pounds off my bones. (laughs) And then we'll be back for uh, some wine for Valentine's Day. And then we're going to have, hopefully, it's our goal. Catherine and I try to do something special for the spring of 2022 in the long finish. So stay tuned for that. But we'll be back soon. Until then, have a great start to the year. Enjoy the week. Enjoy the rest of January. And happy drinking. Ciao.